I think if I'm going to manage my time wisely, I need to know what's most important. Where am I going to schedule my time? Because if I just wait for my calendar to fill up, it's going to get filled up with what is urgent for other people and not what's urgent for me. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we will be speaking with Eric Hatch. Eric, how are you doing today? I am never better, Theo. Pumped to be on. Pretty excited to talk about real estate investing, one of my favorite things. Well, let's get right into it. So a little bit about Eric. He is the CEO and owner of Hatch Realty and Hatch Coaching. He started investing in real estate in 2012, and right now he has a portfolio that consists of 60 doors, and he also does 20 to 30 flips per year. He is based in Fargo, North Dakota, and you can say hi to him at HatchRealty.com. So Eric, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and then what you're focused on today? 
Yeah, I didn't start in real estate. Most people don't start in real estate. It's usually a second or a third career for people. And for me, my background was I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota, always lived here. And then when I graduated from college, I went to work in the ministry. I worked at my local church, hanging out with kids. And it was like the best job in the world, except for the paycheck that came with it. So I started there in 2003, 2005 came around and I was just massively in debt from school and bad decisions and everything else and having a poor paying job. And my buddy's like, Hatch, dude, you should sell real estate. You're good with people. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And that was 15 years ago. I got my real estate license and I started off as a part-time realtor for about five years until I went into it full-time. Then started to grow a team, started to really grow my net worth. My first year in real estate full-time, I made five times profit what I was making being a full-time employee somewhere else. And I saw the financial gain that was there and the opportunities. And soon thereafter, I started investing in real estate. I was scared to death of buying my first rental property. So I did so with a couple of partners and I put 10 grand towards a property. And as I look at it now, we've owned it for eight years and we're carrying a mortgage of under $40,000 on it. And the property is worth 175. So it's just amazing how fast wealth has accumulated for me. Now, as of 2020, I lead one of the top real estate teams in the country. I'm a top 25 real estate coach. I have 25 different businesses that I own and operate. Half of them are investment groups and the other half are tied to real estate one way or the other, except for this random one-off speakeasy that I own in a building which is pretty fun. So as I've taken a look at it, the wild thing is, is in the last 10 years, I've grown my net worth by 4,000%. And I've done so through real estate. So you sell houses, you have rentals and you flip houses. Yep. And then I own a mortgage company and some other things that are just different ways to build legs to the stool. But I think real estate in general, at least the residential real estate world that I live in, people are looking for servicing, and marketing. And there's so many different avenues that we can get when we do that. And one of the things I started doing a couple of years ago is I started flipping houses. The iBuyer movement was all the rage. And I said, man, if ever was an opportunity to better service our clients, this iBuyer move would be one of them. So we created our own iBuyer movement. And in fact, I kind of created a franchise-esque model where I've sold it now to probably 30 different people from around the US that are doing the same thing that we're doing. They stole our model, which we copied from somebody else, but I happened to put it in a nice bundled package together. So we're teaching people now how to invest in real estate, but even more so we're teaching them how to flip, how to fix and flip and how to buy and hold. And my favorite thing, Theo, is to wholesale. It's never actually buy the property and just profit all that in between ooey gooey goodness. You get a deal. How do you know what to do with it? With a house? So- but so it sounds like wholesale, you buy it yourself, you sell yeah, it to someone man. else, you flip it. <laughs> it. How do you know what to do? <laughs> that's a great question. So obviously, if I go back to what I had said earlier is that real estate and the residential world that I live in, we're in the marketing and servicing industry. So our job is to get in the door as much as possible. And when we get in the door, we're actually giving our sellers three options. We'll tell them, okay, you can list traditionally. That's how most people sell real estate is still the traditional route. I'm willing to give them a $10,000 interest-free loan to improve their property. I'll just get paid back in closing. So we advertise that as well. And then we advertise, you can sell directly to an investor. We call it a snap offer. I happen to be the investor, but they can sell directly to me. So avoid all the hassle of putting their house on the market and doing repairs and whatnot. What happens is if they say yes to wanting to sell directly to an investor, I can wholesale it. I can wholetail it. I can buy and hold, I can fix and flip. 
So I have all those options right there. If somebody does choose to take my snap offer and to go the investor route. What's iBuyer? You mentioned iBuyer. What is that? iBuyer, it's a common term for residential realtors and the groups that are doing it on the largest scale are groups like Zillow and Open Door. And there's some national brokerages as well that are getting into it. The Keller Williamses of the world, they're getting into it. And it's an investment buyer. It's an instant offer that they're giving. It essentially is the wholesale play but they're not selling to somebody else. They're just buying at a discount and then doing the lipstick on the pig method, prettying it up as best they can, and then going to resell it. So this iBuyer movement started really on the West Coast, up in Seattle, Portland type of area. And most of the time, these groups would come in and they'd pay 80 to 90 cents on the dollar. They'd pay actually a pretty premium property. And it's a loss leader for a group like Zillow, who bought last year thousands and thousands of homes throughout the United States in this iBuyer movement. They bought so many houses. And the reason why it's a loss leader is because what they're doing is they're buying the data of that person. And they're, of course, proving the model too. So with the data, they're taking that information and they are now selling that person a mortgage and title work and all these other things, the different legs of the stool. So Zillow will eventually make money on it, even though they lost literally billions of dollars last year doing it. So now we're saying we don't need a Zillow or an open door to come in and to provide these offers. And we don't need to fly a sign on the corner like a lot of wholesalers will have to do. We can use our reputation and our local expertise to be that iBuyer for people where they don't have to work with a big box company and they can work with somebody they know, like, and trust. Do you have a software they input their information and fit that number? Is that how it works? Yes. It can be done a couple different ways. I have a buddy out of Cleveland, Ohio. He's a realtor and runs a real estate team like I do. He built his own software and spent a couple hundred thousand dollars. So the algorithm will tell you, hey, this is what your house is worth. For us, I live in Fargo, North Dakota, obviously a lot smaller than Cleveland, Ohio. So we take all these and we do an on-site valuation of the property before we actually give them the offer. Because we don't want to go in and offer them one thirty to find out that their house is 11 and we have to go back and tell them it's actually 110 because we think that's damaging to our reputation. Okay. How are you finding your leads? You mentioned what you do once you get them. What's your number one way that you get leads that end up in some sort of back end close? It's really two things that are our leaders. One is radio. I've had my own radio program for the last nine years or so. And then I also pay for a lot of ads on our local radio station. So that is probably 30% of our business. The other 40 is five different categories, so I won't go into those. The other one is direct mail, and direct mail is huge. We spend about four grand a month on direct mail, and every time I send out a postcard, I buy two houses. It's like clockwork at this point. So every time I spend four grand, I know I'm purchasing two places. My goal is to make 15% per property from my total cash in, and I am averaging about 12, and my goal is to make 15. Your own radio program, you have a show? I started a real estate radio show, and this is such a big opportunity for anybody that's listening or watching right now, Theo. And the reason why is because there's so many talk radio stations that are looking for content. And what happens is if they have to go and purchase a program outside of their market, they have to pay for that. But I pay a thousand dollars a month for my own radio show. In fact, I recorded it this morning. It's a 30 minute show that airs at 8am on Sunday mornings. And I bring in guests, I talk about wholesaling and I talk about flipping and I talk about listing your home traditionally, but I'm a storyteller and I'm a real estate radio host 
Now we then take that and we will blog about it. So it helps our SEO on our website. We're going to take that and we'll make video clips that we'll put on YouTube. We'll make video clips that we put on social media, tagging our guests and delivering all this extra content. It costs me a thousand dollars a month. And my return on that investment is probably 10 X. And in your market, wherever you are in anywhere USA, my guess is there's some talk radio stations that are looking for more content and you can approach them. And most of the time it's between one and $2,000 a month for two to four hours of content that you'll provide. And then you can go and you can sell ads to the vendors that you're working with and that sort. And in fact, immediately it can be a profit piece for you. And then on top of that, you've now become the local expert because nobody that's listening believes that you are paying to be there. They think that the radio station is paying you as the local expert. How do you know what radio station to go on? I'm in a community of 250,000 people and there's three talk radio stations. I went to the most popular one first. It was just that simple. And I said, Hey, would you be interested in having a real estate radio show on? And here's what I'll cover. Here's what I'll do. And what is it going to cost? And I was blown away because I thought I'd have to pay 10 grand or so to have that kind of airtime and that kind of ability to market what I'm doing. And because we put it on all these other markets too, we again, put it on YouTube and social media and we podcast and we blog and all these other things. We get so much juice out of that squeeze, Theo. It's the one thing I think everybody should look to do right now. I don't care if you're an investor buying one house a year or a hundred homes a year, get on the radio and start talking about investing. You want to find your other wholesale buyers. If you're going to wholesale properties, if you want to find people who are going to invest with you, just start talking about investing and watch the phone start to ring. And then you mentioned about ads. You said you can make money through ads. Do you mind repeating that again? I don't think I fully understood what you meant. Yes. My real estate radio show, my home inspector is somebody that pays for ads. So he pays us $500 a month for me to promo him. So his company is called Nordic Home Inspection. So I read a little commercial. It's like a live read. In the radio world, there's recorded things and then live reads. And a live read is like right after your segment or right as the segment begins, you continue talking. So the listener doesn't believe that it's a commercial, that it's just a part of the show. So weekly, I do a live read and I make $500 a month from him just on that one live read. That's just one of the examples that you can do. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I thought you were saying that you could bring people in and have them be the actual commercial, but live reads makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Boy, my best real estate investing advice ever was you should have started yesterday. I got into real estate investing, frankly, because I had an extra 10 grand. It was no more. I had $10,000 and I didn't know what to do. And the best advice I got from somebody was put it into real estate. I saw something recently that said, if you have 10 grand and you put it in the stock market or 10 grand and you put it into real estate, what kind of return are you going to get? And real estate provide a three and a half times return over the stock market, even with the best stocks. So invest early, invest often. Don't tie up all your money but invest really wisely in real estate and you'll reap some really long-term benefits. Before we go into the lightning round, I should ask this question earlier. So you do a lot of different things. What are some tips you have for your ability to manage your time and make sure you're spending enough time in each of these businesses in each of these areas? Well, when a real estate investment opportunity comes along, it kind of takes precedent because timing is of the essence and I have to jump to it and I'll put some other things on hold for me to jump in and to focus on it in a really great length. So I am consistently on the hunt, consistently looking for that next deal or that next opportunity, but I've set a lot of systems in place. 
And to your question, Theo, I think if I'm going to manage my time wisely, I need to know what's most important. Where am I going to schedule my time? Because if I just wait for my calendar to fill up, it's going to get filled up with what is urgent for other people and not what's urgent for me. So I'm really cautious and conscious of making sure that I put on my calendar the things that matter most. And for me, my family matters most, and then my team members matter most. And after that, it's investing and clients and that sort of thing. But I make sure that I give my best to those things that matter most to me. And do you do this at the beginning of each week? Is it a monthly thing where you put these things on your calendar, or are they just always on there? Like, this is family time, this is team time, and then everything else kind of just fills in. Yeah, I have my things that are non-negotiables and my family is my non-negotiable. My self-care is my non-negotiable. Whether it's working out or golfing or time with friends, that's all self-care for me. So those are the things that are on my calendar always and everything else fills in around that. All right, Eric, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready, bring it. Okay, first a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Bob Malecki and his team at Resolution Capital Management partner with individuals to invest in distressed residential mortgage notes. If you're interested in doing a joint venture with them, where basically you invest alongside with them and sharing a portion of the profits based on how well that individual project goes, then go to rcm.company forward slash JV. That's rcm.company forward slash JV. Okay, Eric, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I just read The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. He's the author of Profit First that I know, I think is probably his most popular book. I just read it. He has seven steps of how people build these world-class award-winning 1,500-pound pumpkins. And it's all about how to manage your client list and manage your team. It's a powerful read and super easy too. If your businesses, usually it's business, but if your businesses, all of them, were to somehow collapse today, what would you do next? I want to say male modeling, but I'm more the before picture than the after picture, so it's probably not male modeling. My passion is service. I love making money. I love being a coach. I love investing, and I'd find a way to do that just in another realm. I came from the church and working for a nonprofit, and that was a really, really great career, and I'd find a way to just infuse that in a different arena. What is the best ever deal you've done? I bought my in-laws house. (laughs) It was so scary and treacherous. They had this beautiful home, but they didn't keep it up very well and they needed to sell in order to buy. And so I got to come in and be the hero. I gave them a wholesale offer that they took from me and then I had to go and flip it. And this was like a historic character home and my mother-in-law hated me because we painted all the woodwork and we made the changes on things that she loved. But I bought the house because I did my family a solid. I didn't think I'd make a dime on it. I ended up making 40 grand and sold it in multiple offers the first day we hit market. So that was super fun for me because I didn't expect to make a dime. I pissed off my family in the process, but I ended up making a surprising 40K. Did you share that money? (laughs) Uh, No, hey, come on now. Hey, come on. Like I take very good care of their daughter. So we're going to call that good. There, that's your payment. Okay, let's talk about the, on the flip side. Tell us what a deal that you lost the most money on or lost money on, and then what lesson did you learn from that? 
I'm just finalizing that deal right now. I bought a house about 16 months ago and I paid 73 cents on the dollar or so. And this house was just the money pit. I ended up having foundation issues twice. We had huge storms. We had these other things. We had a tree fall on the property. We had the worst general contractor ever. We had all these things that were just treacherous. If I sold for full price, I would have lost 30 grand. Well, it's out on the market and twice it fell apart the week it was supposed to close. And now I just got it under contract and a contract for deed. I'm losing $60,000 on this house and it could have been much worse. I've held it for 15 or 16 months and it has been the money pit. The lesson that I've learned is that there is a sweet spot in this and anything outside of that sweet spot it's no longer a skill game. It's a guessing game. It's the difference between playing poker and blackjack. Poker is a skill game. Yes, there's things that can bust you and there's going to be bad beats that you're going to get, but ultimately, you know the skill. Blackjack is just dumb luck. And I was playing blackjack and I lost my butt and I won't do that again. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? I started a movement with my buddy, Nick Shivers. He's in fact, is the guy that taught me how to do this iBuyer stuff. He's out of Portland, Oregon, and he and I have a passion to help kids. And I went to Haiti back in 2010, and he's done mission work for years and years. And once you've held an orphan without parents living in a third world country, your whole world perspective changes. So he and I started a movement called Sell a Home, Save a Child. If you go to sellahomesaveachild.org, you can see all the details of what we're doing. But we're empowering people in the real estate world, whether it's investors or mortgage officers or realtors or anything else, that they can give part of their proceeds and commissions to help save kids. So in the last five or six years, we raised about two million bucks and we're just getting started. Wow. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Hopefully on the golf course. <laughs> if it's a good day, I'm a mediocre golfer, but the golf course is great. Otherwise, I put my name on everything, by the way, Theo, so it's pretty easy to remember. If you go to hatchcoaching.com, hatchrealty.com, hatchingleaders.com, you'll find me any of those places. Ooh, hatching leader. That's, that's a good one. I wrote a book last year. It's a leadership book. It's called Play for the Person Next to You. And we do all my speaking gigs and my writing and everything else is all at hatchingleaders.com. Where can they find your radio show? just go to our website. We link to it. So go to hatchrealty.com and we link to it right there. All right, Eric. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation, this call. I think the biggest takeaway for me, and I'm sure other people would be the radio idea. So one thing we stress a lot on this show and in our blog is the thought leadership platform. And so podcast, YouTube channel, blogs, things like that. But I never thought of using the radio as a actual thought leadership platform the difference is if you do a podcast, you still have to go and try to find your own audience. You're out there with a million other things. And there are so many diehard radio AM listeners that are listening to talk radio over and over and over again with a built-in audience of 1,000 to 100,000 people at any given time. So you get a built-in audience with that. And I have my own podcast too, Theo. I'm all in for being a thought leader, but it makes more sense, I think, to try to get on a local radio station and then turn that into a podcast too. So you have at least that base amount of viewers that are already digesting your content. Exactly. And if you're already doing a podcast, then you kind of already got the setup to then record your shows for the radio and then continue to do what you mentioned, which is to blog about it, video clips on YouTube and social media. So we kind of went through specifically... The tactics for starting a radio show is probably the biggest takeaway that I got, among other things as well, about how you're finding your deals through direct mail. We talked about time management, 
that you need to figure out basically what's your number one priority, what's the top priority things to you, and then putting those as a recurring thing on your calendar, and then let everything else fill in. I like what you said, that make sure you focus on what's urgent to you so that people aren't scheduling things that are just urgent for them. So uh, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's an Um, honor. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.